Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price and there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vertvic. And I am Sean Ollie. Sean Ollie. Sean Ollie. Sean Ollie. Sean, Holly. Sean, Holly. Sean Hollister. My my name is Shaw S H A W Nolly Shaw Nolly. Oh, okay. Not Sean and Nolly. Used to say that. Uh, yes, yeah, Sean Holly in your face. You're right, right, Vic. Yes. Uh, if anyone's listening, if anyone's listening, this is the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. It's the thirteenth of November today. We are on podcast one hundred and twenty, and this time we're going to be talking about eventually Truxton Two, a Woo-hoo! shooter from Toa Plan. We have mixed views. Don't we, Sean? Of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, what have you been getting up to lately? Have you been playing games? Have you been doing any? Well, I say if you've been doing anything arcadey, you work in an arcade, so that's a silly question. What else have you been doing? What else have I been? Doing? I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a quick moan, Vic. Go on then. I, I do yep. often enough, so why not? I don't often moan, but you know when I do the podcasting. Oh, you moaning I up, get? I upload them to the website, and then when they're when they're. Up, uploaded to WordPress, it says crunching image, and I think what's it crunching it for? It's only like seven hundred k. Is it a pack and of crisps? I think so. And then when you share it, and that it's the colours look a bit washed out, and it's oh. it's not it's not great, and it's been happening for months. And I thought there must be a way to do it. I think I might try like quadrupling the size of it. Oh, and then bringing and, it down, and then the, then letting the WordPress crush it. The worst one I thought there was we did Phoenix. Yeah. And I put I put like a the phoenix off the flyer on there, and I put hate beak, and and hate in beak. the in the background was like a star field, all of the stars and that. But yeah. you look at the image that's uploaded, and you can hardly see the stars. They've been they're washed out. They're gone. Oh, so, is it cloudy? I think it's been cloudy in WordPress land. Yeah. Mm. Well, it must be yes. a, a workaround. Maybe one of our listeners can tell us how to do it. Yeah. My wife's pretty good. She set up the website. She probably knows how to do it. I'll ask her. I think maybe you just upload them at four times the resolution and it crunches them down. I don't know. Ooh. And my MAME, lovely as it is, my MAME set up on Groovy Arcade, which is a Linux version of Groovy MAME. Yes. I don't know if everyone gets this. Sometimes when you press tab and you go into the dip switch settings yeah. to put invincibility and auto-fire auto and extra lives on. Which you know pads. a lot about of, yes. <laughs> Some of them you, you can't see. It's It's squashed. It's something to do with the resolution of each game, and I don't know if there's a way to increase the size of the little tab. You know, you press tab, the, the little screen display. Yeah, OSD. Some of them are great. Some of them are normal size. I don't know if it's just just on groovy. Do you know what? I think it is game. an artifact of the resolution, because when I was having trouble with my main setup, it was the the main Windows Seven read-only version that Rich Chunks in set up for everyone. And what it is, is basically a Windows 
version is read-only. You set it to read-only, so you can just turn the computer off without having to worry about Windows getting corrupt. But another portion mm. of the hard drive is where all the main stuff is, which is not a problem. And when I was setting up that with the CRT MU drivers, which is for Groovy Main, it was putting everything in interlace mode, so it was really wobbly. All the screens mm-hmm. were really wobbly. And I was talking to Rich about it, and he just eventually sorted me out. And I, I did it in the end, but he says... You can f- easily tell whether you're using interlace mode or not. If you press tab and you can see the, the on-screen display really easily, it's interlaced. If it's really small and sort of really chunked up, that's in the proper mode. And when I eventually got it sorted, all the games were crystal clear and static. And when you go back to the menu system, the menu wobbles a bit because it's in, in Windows native resolution, I think 640 by 480 which is interlaced, which moves around. So I think it's just because of that. I don't think you can change the on-screen display. Unless there's a setting in main.ini, I don't know. But I don't right. think there is. I think it's just because you're running such a, a large a large resolution, you know, like 320 by 240, which has got makes everything massive on a, on a Windows screen, that, that information box gets really small. Could be. Could be. If anyone knows a, a workaround, please let me know, because what I've been doing, I've been looking at the settings on that on mid-cab and not being able to understand them, and then going to MAME on my laptop and working out yeah. what the settings are from looking at them. Is I know with the older versions of MAME, it used to save the .cfg file in CFG folder, and you could actually change the settings for each game in that INI. It was like an INI or a CFG file, but I don't think it's done like that anymore. Because mm. you could set all different things as a separate, you know, separate setting for each game. But I think, it, yeah, you're right. It's got to be different now. Mm. Could be. Mm. What have you been up to, Vic? Well, a little couple of weeks ago, we went off to. Now we've got the silly dog, silly beagle. Mm. Went to a thing in North London. Um, there was like a beagle fest. There was like 50 beagles turned up. People just went to, you know, it's a big sort of enclosed forest area. You can just let your beagles run around like crazy things. And they all meet with each other and everything. We went there, this beagle fest with a dog. And it was in a place called Hatfield. You ever been to Hatfield before? No, I've been to Capfield and Duvetfield. Well, similar, similar thing. In Hatfield, there was lots of fields full of hats. Yeah. So there, was, there were some fields that were early on, which had little fascinators in. There were some fully grown fields with stovepipe hats in. Yeah. In my mind. You're getting as bad as me. I like to think that Hatfield is full of fields, full of hats. <laughs> Maybe not. And you have put duvet underneath. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? Why have, I, why have I done that? Have you bought a new duvet with no. Pac-Man on it and that? Duvet explains my CRT display, right? If you had a, a clear duvet and you threw it over the top of the CRT display, you'd get kind of weird wobbles all over the display. What is he going on about? Yeah. And that's what it's like sometimes. It's very strange. I've, I've spoke to the techs at work and they oh, just say... Oh, on your say, cab? Yeah. And they just say it's just it's a cheap Chinese monitor. It would take so much work to get it right. Oh really? Yeah, it it can be. It's like a low level fix. You've got to get it, get down to the component level and mess around. Oh no! But but it's it is crystal clear and it's the the degaussing works fine now. So I don't get any funny colours. Oh really? So I'm, I'm just yeah. So I'm just fine with it. You just got some weird <laughs> kind of shapes on the edge of the screen, like a wobble. Bang! In comes the It's very strange. What moving it's got... you mean, or is it static? No. Not moving, and it's not pin cushioned either. It's two 
uneven for like the, the pincushion setting. Well, there is another setting on some monitors called trapezoid, and it's sort of you know a trapezoid shape is sort of a, a, a squashed box. Yeah, it does that because I've got the setting on my I got polo monitors in my ponies, and there's there's a pincushion, a trapezoid, and the trapezoid sort of if everyone can see my arms, it moves it this way and that way. Mm. You can sort of get it straight because at the top will be sort of on a skew, if you know what I mean, to the other parts. And it might be something yeah, to do with not, that, but I'm not sure if, that's, if your monitor's got that setting on it or not. It's definitely not on the little breakout board. But no. it's, it's it's just wobbles, just strange wobbles, depending on what game you play. It is weird. Uh, are they wibbly and wobbly? Yeah, they don't they don't move during gameplay, but you can tell when you fire it up. Like if you get a, a screen with the, like the crosshatch screen that Namco yeah. use, and that some of them are well wobbly, like someone's thrown a see-through duvet over the display. There he goes again, lunatic. That's why I wrote duvet. Ah, I see. You know what you need, don't you? A better monitor. That thing has been a pain in the ass since you had it. Yeah, and it It'll is it is now. a brand new monitor as well. As far as mm. I'm concerned, that is a brand new monitor, just a not very bloody good monitor. That annoys me. Stupid cab. The old <laughs> monitor that you had in it that you gave to Arcade Club, would that be a better fit for it? Don't I don't know. That didn't work, did it? It it did have a problem. It worked, but it was um it wasn't a very good picture. It needed some attention. I thought they did that at Arcade Club. I thought the tech there actually sorted that out as well. He did do both, yeah. Ask and him. It might be better to put the old monitor back in. Could do. Could yeah. ask. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Oh, here's the thing I've had annoy- annoyance with as well, apart from my work being absolute rubbish lately. Um, fitting an Invader's underlay. You know I got that Midway Space Invaders cocktail cabinet? Yes. Which is the, the, the lever version, the weird Midway version, not the Taito version we've got over here. This is the American version. Yeah. Well, the top of it, the glass on there is is screen printed underneath, and the glass was absolutely mullered. It was just scratched and nasty. It was awful. So I bought some new glass for it, some brand new glass. We got it all cut, shaped edges, polished all round and everything. And I need to get an underlay. So I got Ollie at Ollie Ollie Muddy Music at Arcade Art Shop to do one for me, and it was um, reverse printed on sticky stuff. So the sticky is on the print side. So oh, yeah. I, I I fitted it the other day and oh my god what a nightmare because it's been it's been cut to shape as well you've got some very thin areas of it and I tried to do it on my own and when I was doing it it sort of stuck together so I had to pull it apart carefully and it pulled a little bit of the the ink off so mm. where it's all black there's little white lines on some of it and I it made a bit of a mess really I'm really annoyed with myself I didn't ask my wife to help me with it sort of moving it around. And it was a right pain to get on there. It's on there now. And if it wasn't for the fact that there's some little white bits which really annoy me, also where where it's been cut out with a sort of a, a cry cut machine, you can see the white around the edges because obviously the, the paper's white before it's printed on. And that annoys yeah. me as well because if I got Ollie to print me, um, he uses this sort of very, very thin plastic stuff. He can print like one mil thick plastic. And that mm. I could have actually coloured in with a black sharpie around the inside of it, and it's not sticky either. So I could just put it underneath the glass and put the glass on top, and it would have been done. No messing around with sticky and squidgies and and water to try and put it on there. It would have been a lot easier. And I wish I'd done that. And in future, I'm never going to get sticky adhesive stuff I've got to put on glass because it's just too difficult to get on there. Putting on control panel absolutely easy because it's thicker stuff, and yeah. it's really easy. I can I can do control panels. I can throw them on from six feet away, not a problem. And get them yeah. with no with no with no air bubbles in or anything. I can do somersaults and land with them on there perfectly. 
they're really easy compared to doing glass stuff, so I'm just not going to do it in future. But now it's on there, it does look a world better because you can actually see through the glass for a start. Um, so that's that machine is nearly done. All I've got to do to it now is get the monitor adjusted so when you turn it on, it isn't too far up the screen. Because I had that weird problem with it starts off the screen, you pull it down, and it's in the middle of the screen. When you turn the machine off and back on again, the sink's all out. You have to put it back up and back down again to get it on. It's a really weird little problem. And also, mm. got to get some control panel overlays. Well, that machine is almost finished. It's absolutely brilliant. I love that machine. It's really nice to play. In fact, I was playing Balloon Bomber on the other night on the uh, the Braze multi kit I've got on there. It's a nice little kit, that, isn't it? Yeah, really enjoyed. Some really good games on there. Really good. So that annoyed me. I got really, really. Lots of shouty swears were going on that day. Oh, dear. Lots of. I have been to Blackpool again doing some more modern gaming research. Why do you keep going to Blackpool? Is it research for work or is it just a jolly? It's a jolly. Oh, okay. Well, I, I went to pick up some consoles, which we'll get onto in a bit. Uh-huh. I did play, right? I did play MotoGP. I've, that's just a couple of times I've played it. That's well, a motorbike that game, isn't it? Yeah, with that little hang-on type of cabinet where you, you just use your legs to, to move it left and right. It's all right. It's, you can actually kind of really weirdly skid on a motorbike, almost drifting. I had MotoGP on an old Windows PC a lot, like nearly 20 years ago. I used to play MotoGP on it. It was a lot of fun. Really silly, that. doing massive jumps on it. It was a lot of fun, that game. Yeah, I had that. I've also played Cruising Blast, which is a pretty decent game. It's, it's, I'd say it's the most fun of the ones I've played. It's, it's just really... There's no brake on the cab, which tells you... There's no brake in a car there's, game? No, there's no brake. Like, with these old, some of the old stand-ups, like pole position and stuff, there's no brake. Oh, right. I didn't know that. I thought but, there was always a brake on that one. No, but this one's got no brake, and it's a cockpit. And you, you do weird jumps, and you spin through the air and land for it's, it but it's quite good fun but it's more of a spectacle than the game i played codemasters grid which is getting on a bit that's okay but the one i have the issue with is daytona the new daytona championship usa played it again mm-hmm. and it just doesn't handle well at all when you start skidding it's really hard to get out of a skid so i went back to arcade club and i thought right i'll play the original and it does handle the original does handle the same as this one, so they've kept the oh, right. physics the same. But, yeah, it just must be me. I just don't like it. If you play something like Outrun 2 or Initial D, the skidding, oh, Ridge Racer, the skidding is lovely, but this, you just lose it and just don't like the feel of it. Is it because, but, is it because Daytona is rally cars rather than, like, a Ferrari or, or an F1 car? Is it because the handling's different in that natural car in real life, do you think? I suppose so, but it's just not fun. Yeah. I just just don't find it fun. You, you I suppose there's a way to can come out of a skid, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel nice, you know. Yeah, but skidding on stuff like initial D is all part of the game, isn't it? Mm. So that you're sort of controlling your your drifting around corners and stuff. Yeah. I do that in a car sometimes when wife's driving, she doesn't like it. Drifting. Yeah, no, she goes around a corner, I go <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, stop doing that. <laughs> Oh, another thing I've been yeah. doing in the, in the old garage as well. I've been trying to get to some stuff. A lot of problems with uh, motivation lately. Been been down. I don't mm. want to do stuff. It's annoying. But I have. You know that new ISIS I got? Yes. I've started restoring that already. Uh, wow. the, the old owner emailed me the other day. He asked me if I'd done anything. I've held back on answering, so I'll answer him here. Um, I'm turning it into a Bosconian. Dedicated Bosconian, that one. 
Or uh, wise choice. So I've made a new panel for it, and the top panel has got no bolt holes in it at all. It's a flush panel. I've hidden the joystick bolts underneath it on a piece of wood, and all you can see, the only bolts you see in the top are the ones that actually hold it down onto the machine, the two in the side. So the joystick sort of looks like it's free free in there, and it's got a button yeah. on the side for ambidextrous play, two little start buttons on the left-hand left side, so that's all done and wired up. The game's in there. It's all running. I've actually been playing it. I've got to get Ollie to do the artwork for the control panel and the marquee. The control panel's got to be shifted around slightly because the way I've done the panel on that, because those ISIS machines are really little, I've had to, mm. I've had to jig the, the artwork around. So hopefully Ollie can just move a few things around for me. And I've also, that thing there had the front coin door had a really weird large coin mech in it, a really tall one. And Whoever put that coin mech in there, and it wasn't the guy who had it before me, they'd cut a massive hole in it to put the new coin mech in because it was like about nine inches long, whereas a normal coin <laughs> mech is only like four or five inches long. So they've ruined the front door. So when I took the coin mech off, there's a big massive gaping hole in there. So what I've done, and also below that in the coin box drawer, the, the, the door for that, that was just an old piece of black wood that was on there. It wasn't originally. It had no lock in it, just... just sort of rested against it. it wasn't even held in so what i've done is i've taken the back door which is the same kind of textured wood and i've cut that up into the new doors and i'm going right. to remake a back door for it because the back door you won't see so i can just do a black back door for it, it doesn't have to be the same color as the cab you're not going to see it Clever. so i sort of re recycled a bit of the cab and the actual front of it now is the same color unfortunately the back door the grain is flowing the other way from the wood mm. grain, but it doesn't really make any difference. You can hardly notice. It's just dark-looking wood. But you can't really buy that kind of stuff anymore. So I sort of had to recycle the back door. I thought it was a good idea to do that. And it's it's looking a lot better than it was. A lot better. But can you not just get that wood off a tree somewhere? No, because cab trees don't grow. Because they're made of chip, like a thick chipboard. And then yeah. they've got this sort of melamine kind of uh, coating, like so the the front doors are now looking pretty good on there. I've got to get the artwork for it, and that is about it, I think. There's not much else to do on there. I am thinking about when I've actually done all these little cabs, I'm going to do all six as dedicated machines, and one of them is going to have my scramble multi in it, so it's going to be a multi-machine. I'm wondering whether to get little bits of artwork for the sides, because you could put the artwork on, on the wood-panelled sides, but in my garage, where they are now, you wouldn't really see them because they're all quite close to each other. If I ever take them to little um, gatherings, you better see them. You know them big redwoods in Canada, the big redwood trees? Yeah. Some of them come with melamine already on. Do they? Yeah, so you can just chop a bit of that off. Just get me pen knife out. It's got a saw attachment. For four and a half hours. Look, I've got a cab side. Melamine redwood, just Google it. Yeah, I will. It's Mm. Sean Holly's Wikipedia, probably. (laughs) Oh, actually, we had to rewire the cab as well. Actually, it was already it was yeah. it was set to Konami thirty six because I think the guy had it. Uh, he had track and field in there. He's playing track and field on a horizontal monitor. So I've redone that to Jammer because I might want to put other games in there as well. I've already got a Jammer to Bosconian harness in there. I also need to make up some new coin mech plates for it because it didn't have the originals on there. And I, I made some very close ones before for another cab. So I'll make a few of them for the cabs. Make myself right. But nice. But I usually just put buttons on for credits. I don't use the coin mechs at all. I don't bother with coin mechs. Can't be arsed. No. 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 And that's about it. Apart from playing uh, 
Thruxton 2, is that what it's called? Truck Stop 2, whatever it's called? The game within the street? Trumpton. <laughs> Trumpton 2, and also our little side challenge of Donkey Kong Spooky Remix. I've been playing that quite a lot, probably more than Truxton actually, but I have, I did have a good go at Truxton. But that's about it, really. Harumphing at work a lot. Harumph. Arcade News. How cool is this video from the BBC archives about the Scottish scene in 1981, the Scottish arcade it's scene? It's pretty put good, link, Put a link in the no-shows. I thought at first it was a parody, like a spoof, but it's not. It's real, isn't it? I, I like playing I like playing Glaxon. I got 50,000 the other day. Oh, yeah. A Donkey Kong. Yeah, Donkey Kong's not bad. We monkey, you know. That's really good. It's really good. Step back in time. That. It was quite good seeing... These sort of dodgy shirts and dodgy moustaches people were wearing. And I was also wondering about the expert they had in there. What was he giggling about? I know. It, it, someone, I was, someone was pulling faces at him from behind the camera or something, I think. Because he was a bit smug, wasn't he, that guy? And then he was almost laughing, weren't he, when he started talking. But I, I, I don't know what he... That's why I thought, oh, she's got to be a Mickey take this. But it's not. It's an actual vintage yeah. footage, isn't it? Yeah, because <laughs> it's 1981 as well. There's not many games that were talking about some really old games in there. Yeah. Yeah, it was good fun, that. And have you seen this from Mr. 20 to 5? This yes, is really I have. Perfect. The Kowloon is how you say it. Kowloon Ward City Arcade in Japan. You go through this, kind of looks like a weird, strange theme park thing before you get to the arcade. Very weird, like tunnels and caves and stairs and lifts and stuff. things. Stuff, well, yeah. it's a bit of a weird name because Kowloon... Is in Hong Kong. That's where I was born. Oh. Uh, so I'm not sure why. Maybe someone from Hong Kong owns it in Japan. They just wanted to call it after their, their, their city or whatever. Yeah, Kowloon is an island in Hong Kong. It's Kowloon Island, Hong Kong Island. Um, and it's sort of like, yeah, it's a weird cavernous place. It, the, the video, most of it, is just going through all these caverns. And it looks like the Crystal Maze at one point. You're going across like bridges and stuff. And yeah. they get into the arcades. The arcade must be underground or something. It's quite quite fun theme, but if that was me, I'd be like, where's the arcade? Just get me to the arcade. Don't be asking about with this. <laughs> it's good, though. I like it. I'm not sure about whereabouts in Japan it is. Obviously, Japan's quite a large country. But I, I didn't go anywhere near it when I was in Tokyo. Middle middle of Japan, possibly. Middle of Japan, yeah. If you're, left. if you're interested in early design concepts about asteroids, which I am, uh, get your eyeballs onto Tony Temple's arcade blogger site. He's done a very good thing on... on you know, Asteroids uh, Development, mm. which is uh, Ed Log. I like Log. Ed Log. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Really good piece, that is. And I really like Ed Log's own... He's got a gold-themed Asteroids, which they gave him for, I think it was a 10,000th machine or something. It's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, it's a really nice-looking machine. One of a kind. God, that's oh, cool. Talking about old games, as we do quite often, Richie Knuckles... Space Invaders world record has been beaten by an Australian, John Tannehill. Uh, there's a good article on the Guiding website about this, which you also put in the show notes. And it looks like um, Richie Knuckles has taken it really well, because there's a, good, there's a picture of him congratulating John at the time, and hopefully he's going to try and get his, uh, his record back again. But I think the record mm. is, is 100 and something thousand on Space Invaders, which is insane. Yeah, I read it. It took, it took him, took the guy four hours, and it's the... This is a guy, I think he's going to get a lot more records. He's only a young guy, and he's got a methodical approach to records and, and how he's lived his life, if you read it. Yeah. So it's 
he's just right. I can, you know, he did well at sports at school and that. Like, if I can beat him, I can beat him this week. Next week, I'll beat these two. Next week, I'll beat these next two. And he's just, as long as he's constantly improving, he's happy. And that's how he's done this. Space Invaders is just approached it like a like i would vic like a highly trained Monkey. mind mind well, of organized things another thing that's about this that people might not understand with the record when you get to about seven to ten thousand on space which is no mean feat i think my best ever on space of it is six thousand odd it, it gets to the point where the, the invaders are so low at the start you have to play it in a certain way where when the invaders are right above you, just about to land, they cannot fire at you because there's no space mm. for the fire. So you can actually sort of use the that as a as a as a, a tactic. But if you make one mistake, they land and all your lives are gone. You don't just lose one life; that you lose all of it. And he was mm. able to play that for over three hours like that in a really intense way without making any mistakes. It's almost almost not quite, I think, but almost that kind of feat, like people like John Studley do in Pac-Man, where you cannot do anything wrong in six hours. Not one tiny glitch wrong, and you've had it. And the same with this game. If you if you made one little mistake and you missed an invader, and it landed, that's your game done. And he's had to play that for three to four hours like that. It's insane stuff. Really well done, though. I can't do that. I just haven't got a concentration. And no. I just, any world record like that, I just couldn't get. Well, I, I played... That time I did six million on Kicker all those years ago on Main, I played for five hours, and mm. but Kicker isn't a difficult game. You haven't got to really concentrate. Well, I don't think so. Anyway, I'm so used to it. You just got to keep going, and I was quite good on that. And I, sort of, you know, in the end, I just gave up and I had like nine lives left, or whatever. But people play that game in particular for like twenty odd hours, and it, playing anything for that long, I don't think I could do because it just. Yeah, you just you, your hands would start hurting, your brain would hurt, you'd get migraines, your eyes would hurt, you'd have to go to the toilet all the time. And I just don't think I could be bothered to play that for that long, you know? Yeah, I think even when I was when I was playing open world games on the PS3, it's a long time since I played anything like that. Like Grand Theft Auto Five or Borderlands. I'd, I'd only play it for say two to three hours maximum and then I'd had enough, switch it off yeah. next day. I couldn't play it like some like my lad does for like eight hours solid on a weekend or even longer. Yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah, you, I mean, even in our adult lives, we've got things to do. There's not mm. there's not really a time where I go, right, I've got 12 hours spare, what shall I do? It just doesn't happen. Mm. Now and again, yeah. I'd like to, but I don't think I'd do the same thing for 12 hours. I mean, even, no. if it, even games when I was playing like Zelda on, like you, on, on the Switch... It's just like a new game. It's an open world. You've got so many thousands of things you can collect and do. You don't have to do them in any particular order. I'd play it for like, you know, maybe part of the evening and then just leave it for another day. I wouldn't. Sometimes when I was on holiday, I actually was playing it till three, four o'clock in the morning because I'm basically just excited about the day and I'm away. And I just sit in there. I think oh, I just play it for a while, you know, get on the old couch and play it until the batteries run out on it. And I was doing that, but I just can't do it for that often. I really can't. Especially when you get tired as well and you start missing things and not playing very well. You think, oh, I'll leave this till tomorrow. You know, I'm too tired to play. Yeah. 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 Have you seen this rubbish? I have. <laughs> right. You know that the really smart little uh, Neo Geo, the SNK brought out a little Neo Geo machine. There was a Japanese version which had a, a certain amount of games on it. I think 40 games. And then they had the, the European and the American version, which was a slightly different colour. And it had, it had the same game, same number of games, a slightly different lineup of games. Well, they're bringing out a Christmas version of it. 
What says Christmas to you more than SNK? Someone put on Twitter, this is what happens when the game designers make a console while drunk, something like that they put. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same machine, but it's all red with gold ball top, gold buttons, and a weird-looking reindeer on it. When was Rudolph! Last, when was the last time you saw a reindeer on an arcade machine or a console? That, they don't really go together, do they? Did you not play Reindeer Fighters 2, Revenge of the Slay Monsters? Oh, no, I didn't, actually. I did play Christmas Nights on the Saturn, but that is a Christmas-themed game. But SNK are famous for their Metal Slugs, their fighting games, and maybe Puzzle Bobble. And now this. And that well, it doesn't work. And they brought Ranger controllers, red controllers out as well, and red cables... It's just for the fanboys, it really is. And people who've got that much money to waste, they need to be parted from their money, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It doesn't look very good. It's in red. It looks awful. Red and gold, it's just not good. I wonder if the games will be the same. Why would they be any different? There isn't, there isn't any the- uh, Christmas-themed SNK games, as far as I know. Mm. You know I don't think there's any arcade Christmas-themed games, is there? When was you ever? When did you ever see Santa or elves or reindeers or whatever in an arcade game? There wasn't really any, was there? There was Santa's versus elves sure, Armageddon sure, Six. Sure. No, no, Sean, there isn't. Do you know what? I, I, can actually, I can actually think of one Christmas themed game, and it was a, a hack. And we're yeah. going to talk about it later on. Is uh, DK Remix Christmas Edition? Yeah. Which yeah. has just got some Christmas graphics on it. It's nothing to do with any Christmas stories or whatever. Yeah, so I'm not going to be picking that one up. But getting on to pickups. Arcade pickups. Yay! So I've got a load of pickups here. Better again. This. I've not got many. You've got a few. I've got this here, kids. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's, that's, that's an iPhone, isn't it? No, it's a Motorola G6 Plus. What? You mean other companies apart from Apple make phones? Really? Yeah, this is a, this is running an unskinned version of Android eight. There's no baloney on this. You you don't have That'd to try messy. to you don't have to try to un- uninstall loads of rubbish because there's nothing. There's only I think the only thing that's on here that you can't get rid of is LinkedIn, and you can just ignore that. Has it got snack on it? No, but it can do. That's all I I've, want on a phone, really. I've put, I have no games on my phones because. If you're out, you only play games on your phone when you're out, I think. And if you're out, you want to be enjoying enjoying life and not on your phone. Absolutely. Yeah, me and, me and Waff have a no-phone rule when we're out. We, we yeah, weren't out a for rule. a meal. We had a, a meal this afternoon, actually. Did you have pie? I did have pie. <laughs> I had, we went to this little country pub because I'm, doing, I'm working completely bonkers hours now. Like, I'm working into the night over the weekends. Yeah. We can go out during the week. Ah. So I had a cheese and onion pie, chunky chips, and beans. Chunky chips? Proper, proper cooked chunky chips, lad. Nice. Nice one. So mm. you've got basically an iPhone that's not made by Apple. I don't know. It's it's a nice. They're phone. all the same. It's very powerful. It, it runs. It runs all that I want on it because I use it for streaming people playing games at arcade clubs. So this is better for that. I can stream them, upload it to the Facebook page, and then get thousands of views from admiring people. The books of faces. Yes. Other stuff. Any other things you've been getting apart from a daft new phone? 
Yeah, well, one of the reasons for going to Blackpool was meeting my friend John Stewart, aka Retro Reloader. We'll have to put a link in the no shows. And he's lent me. He had a load of consoles in a cafe in Lytham, and the cafe shut down. Oh. And he said, "Oh God, I've got to put these consoles somewhere." I said, "I know where you can put them, mate. In the back cave." In the back cave. So I've picked up two massive suitcases full of consoles, and I'm I'm testing them as we not what, as we speak. What kind of early. consoles have you got? There is. Oh, really old stuff, actually. Master System, Master System 2, Mega Drive, and then you've got the 16-bits, Dreamcast, GameCube, a couple of Famiclones. Oh, nice. Famicom clone, yeah, an original Famicom, SNES. It's, I think it's about 10 or 11. I'm, I'm looking through it all. Good stuff. So I'm going to test it before I go to the Batcave on Saturday, because when I don't... I have a right nightmare trying to get everything set up, thinking, it does this work or does it not work? So I'm testing everything before I get there, so I know when I set these things up on the TVs, they do work, and it's the TV's problem if they're not working. Yeah. And then, then you've got to mess with all the inputs on the TV and all that. You can do that in that nine-minute window of spare time you have during the week. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I... Mentioned it earlier, the under-glass artwork for my Midway Invaders Deluxe table, uh, which has gone on. I'm not happy with it, but it's going to have to do. In the future, if I get so annoyed with it, I might have to ask Ollie to make me one of the plastic ones I've talked about and get that done on there, but I'm not sure at the moment. He's also done uh, screen basils for Food Fight and Bosconian, and also the reprint of Cuba, because that was slightly off position, and he's redone them. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to get those, but... I have to send him some sizes for the control panel overlays first so we can get them printed and send them all to me at the same time. I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Listener feedback. We have had loads and loads and loads and loads, loads of feedback. Thank you for talking to us, everyone. And the first one is from Buller. Uh, great episode again, guys. I particularly enjoyed Sean's tales of London travel buffoonery and voiceover guy chastising Victor for eating hallucinogenic bickies before playing the Bagman hack. Uh, a big thank you to Sean who greeted the Arcade Club Virgin last weekend and even gave me a custard cream to help me put at ease in my new surroundings Uh, nice to meet you Sean hopefully next time you can show me around the place and school me on 1942 Uh, he was not too fond of Teddy Boy Blues that week although the attract screen is amusing at least Mm. this is Evoga on UK VAC replying to a spooky game suggestions 10 pence arcade I've just started listening to your podcast and it's excellent I was shocked looking at the website to see the photos of you two from the voices you seem older and your partner in crime sounds much younger you cheeky uh, get Evoga which I sound older oh yeah he's talking to you obviously yeah mm. but does everyone know that Sean was 92 yesterday 49 mate <gasps> 49. On Saturday. On Saturday, Saturday. sorry, yes. Yeah, what about yesterday? Yes, Saturday. Because we are actually recording late. Why are we recording late, Sean? Because I was tired yesterday, Vic. (laughs) Oh, here's here's some good feedback. Yes. Hello, Sully. Yeah, lovely stuff. (laughs) This will be soundtrack for me stripping tomorrow. Wallpaper, that is. That's so obviously doing a big crazy dog. Lewis Batcave has put the first rule of Ten Pence Arcade podcast is you do not talk about Ten Pence Arcade podcast. The second rule of Ten Pence Arcade podcast is you do not talk about Ten Pence Arcade podcast. The third rule of Ten Pence Arcade podcast. Someone, 
Someone yells, stop, goes limp, taps out, gets arcade hand and game over. Fourth rule. Only 10 pence, one credit, no continues. You know what this is about? Because you thought me and Lewis were the same person and he's quoting that, he's quoting Fight Club anyway. The guy is the same guy. I'm sure you, you wrote that in. I'm sure it is. I didn't write that. Someone called, someone called Deadlock. Good name. Uh, just listen to some older episodes of 10 pence and Sean Holly. I've always been calling Ray, Raiden, Raiden, and now I hear it's Raiden. Damn it. All those years of incorrectness. I'll never get back. Oh, I am Jimmy, who I saw at the club the other day. It's put 7.30am recording. This is a dedication to the cause, and I salute you both. I've been away for a couple of weeks in Southeast Asia, and I downloaded episode 119 using Hotel's Wi-Fi. He's told me about this, or at least I thought it was Hotel Wi-Fi, until the download was interrupted by a warning text from Tesco Mobile advising that my entire safety buffer had been used up. Yep, I had mobile data switched on the download, and that's actually cost me five pound per megabyte oh jeez so i have set the record of paying the most to just shy of 90 quid to listen to a single episode oh, oh what a waste of money that, that was imagine how many biscuits i could have bought with that i could only be thankful that it wasn't one of your marathon three-hour episodes Ooh. didn't find too much in the way of video games whilst on the way whilst away in the place called hero city in bangkok Oh, sorry, you discovered a place called Hero City in Bangkok, mainly rhythm, dance, and driving games. You beats are plenty, but the most popular game was something called Mai Mai from Sega. The local kids all wore gloves to play it, presumably to provide cushioning and help alleviate arcade fingers. Do you, Ooh, do you know what that is? I don't. never heard of it. I haven't. Anyway, the funniest game to watch was Dance Evolution, the first time I've seen a motion sensor dance game. Arcade Club, you have to get one of those. Hilarious to watch, but no way was I going to have a go. Despite the big hole in my wallet, still loving every episode of the podcast, and long may it continue. Oh, one request. Can you dumb down a couple of questions in the quiz so that a thicko like me can get at least one or two of them right? Something along the lines of... Question one. How many one pences are there in ten pence? Seven. Ten. Ten. What what's the green reptile featuring Frogger? Uh, Big green snake. Shamrock. What was the prequel to Space Invaders Part Two? That was Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah, we got that right. What is the best grid position called you can obtain in pole position? That's seven. Seventh. No, it's fourth. It's fourth, so you can weave through. Yeah. Name the film franchise that of the classic arcade Atari game Star Wars was based on. That Raiders is of the Lost Ark. Battlestar Galactica. It might be. Hmm. So we've got all them right. Jason Kendall, also known as The Real Bounty Bob. Hi, Victor and Mr. Holly. Still enjoying the podcast. Took some time away from Atari 8-bit computer and went to a bridge weekend in Skegness. Didn't find any bridges, but did search the arcade to see if I could find any arcade machines. First arcade was a washout, though I was, only, I was the only one in there on a Saturday morning, so I thought I'd get away with sitting in a cab with a massive steering wheel and bibbing my horn, driving an 18-wheeler, which is Sega's 1999 American Pro Trucker, into other lorries, cars, lampposts, and occasionally a time car. Three goes for a quid, not too bad. Managed to complete a stage and got to the parking challenge on my third go. Nearly gave up, but the Empire Bowl, I think, had a sign saying Vintage Arcade, so I went there. Walked up the escalator, which wasn't on, and luckily found a cluster of the beauties with, well, several newer versions, but possibly an original Galaxy, which played superbly. If you go in there, ask them to turn the overhead light off. There was a dual space evaders and kicks, but but despite being superb at kicks on the Atari 8-bit, I struggled with the draw buttons and movement. Managed a few boards on Space Invaders, but again, the buttons for steering made it not as enjoyable as the stick I think the original one had. The other problem is the two sets of controls are towards the sides of the console panel, and it didn't feel right. 
The other dual machine was Mrs. Pac-Man, speed up, and Gallagher. Sadly, I couldn't start Gallagher. Possibly I could have put a load more 50p's in there. What? 50p a go? Do you think I'm a millionaire? Mm-hmm. Uh, and tried all the buttons to see if the right start was there somewhere. I did ask, but no luck. So I had to play Mrs. Mrs. Pac-Man twice. I played the Atari 8-bit version load, which is great, but I found the speed-up version possibly too easy, and it took away the tension. It repeated the bananas ball with shorter ghost periods. Probably I could have kept going on and on. I got bored of it. There was a Ninja Turtles and Street Fighter, but they're too new for my tastes, and a couple of others see the attached photos. Thank you for those. Yes, Swiss Tony's put, great podcast again. Looking forward to submitting a score for Truxton 2. Great game, very underrated. No. I found this YouTube I found this YouTube video recently comparing the different ports of Teddy Boy Blues, and there's a link there in the no-shows for that. Mm, that's pretty interesting, that one. Oh, our tagster, our mate in Australia, has been on. Uh, represent the UK lads and the 10 Pence Arcade podcast for, at the Aussie Kong Off 2. Uh, he got a new personal best of 372,900 wearing the 10 pence podcast t-shirt. Oh, yes. Well done, Tag. That is a really to... good score. My my best on Donkey Kong, I thought I was pretty good at it, is 238,000. So he's smashed that. He'll be getting, I reckon he'll be getting a kill screen before the year's out. Yeah, I think he's going to carry on playing it. Yeah, he's, he's getting to be a very good player on that. Mm, very good. Mm. Uh, Chris++. Plus Plus. Talking about Truxton 2, another beautiful wallpaper game with many dots to avoid. And damn those Chris-seeking fireballs. Go back to Mario Brothers fireballs. I like the power-ups in this one. Some of them make you feel downright invincible. That is, until you encounter a spacecraft that won't blow up until you shot it 47,000 times. The game suffers a bit from the Gradius thing. Once you get killed, you hardly stand a chance when you're back down to basic firepower. I killed the first big bad guy at the end of the section, TM, and then ran out of patience for avoiding dots. Back to having some serious fun with Toy Pop and Toidles. Toidles! Toidles! Alan Hennessy, 10 pence arcade podcast and Sean. I thought that. Wasn't sure if this came out on the C64. Going to give it go on emulator if you get a chance. What's this about? Is this about Teddy Boy Blues? Must be. Anyway, hope you're well settled with Andy and Gainer, Sean. You sound much more relaxed on the podcast. Amazing what a change can do for your health and mindset. I could now, do with a bit of that. Hmm? I could do with a bit of that. Now I just need to get someone to hire me. I'm getting too relaxed. I'll be asleep in a minute. Yeah. Now I need someone to hire me for my dream job. You do, Alan. Get hired, mate. Mark Stevens. Great episode, guys, as usual. Thanks to Sean for asking me to play Strider on the Arcade Club Facebook page. I really want to demonstrate the infinite drone glitch on stage one, which allowed you to keep the drones throughout the game, but I buggered it up. I'm so bad under pressure. I thought I could talk and play at the same time, but apparently I can't. Keep it the great podcast, guys. It's definitely my favourite UK-based arcade podcast with 10p in the title. There are so many to choose from, isn't there? He did He did brilliantly. I was filming him, and you know what that's like, because I talk, and they're, they're talking. And he once CC'd it. Oh, really? And, uh, and yeah, brilliant. He, he one CC'd Strider, and then I said, what else can you do? And he says, just look around. And he said, that, 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 that. Yeah. He's got to get him back there, because he just is a really, he's a top quality player, world-class player, I'd say. Mm. Have you filmed Mr. Charlie Fire yet and not put him off when he's about to get a kill screen on Donkey Kong? I was going to last Saturday, but I was very busy. I was working the bar last Saturday night, and it Uh-oh. was mental. How many people had to keep an eye on you? Why? What? Behind the bar. Drinks. No, I'm good at I'm good at serving bar people. You're also good at drinking the bar drinks. Drinking the IPA. Yes. I've had a nice, I've had a couple of nice comments online about the hilarious bold gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> I have honestly, 
the hilarious bold gentleman looked after us all night. Oh, I don't know nice what I, I can't. I can't remember. I was mucking around as I do. Absolutely. Anyway, guess what else, Vic? Go on. When I'm installing all the apps back on this wonderful new I... phone, I, I use an app called Podcast Addict. Okay. Which uh, Rav from Retro Hour put me onto, Ravi, and I looked in the reviews section, and there's loads that we've never it's never seen. Oh, you know. really? Yeah, well, I didn't know anything least, about that. Yeah, I didn't know you could put reviews on this app, and there's at least 50. I'll have to look through them. What, all but saying one out of ten? Rubbish. Please don't listen. They're all, they're all going back to, like, some of them are going back to 2015, 2014, so... Oh, so all those listeners who've reviewed us, thank you very much, and sorry we didn't know that you were reviewing them for us. Well done. I'll have to read a few out. No, oh, cool. They're all along the lines of the, you know, the, the bold one with the beard. The bold is, gentleman is, looking after is, us. Is really funny, and the long-haired one is is not so funny as Gratchy, the... Gratchy, Harumph. <laughs> no, not like that. Shout out. Anyway, I would like to give a shout out to John Stewart for the lend of the consoles, as mentioned for the Batcave. That's going to be a great help. So I'm going to get some some from him, a couple from myself. The rest will be from Arcade Club Storage. So the next Batcave, Saturday kids, get there. It's going to be great. It's going to be super smashing great. What's the theme? The theme oh, is... I see it's Soul Calibur 6, isn't it? Yeah, it's another modern one, because that brings the kids in. Soul Calibur 6 on the I, PS4. I absolutely loved Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast. It was, at the time, it was the best console game I've ever played. I remember getting mm. that for the Dreamcast. It's such a good game. I think it's one of the ones that, when it came out. Absolutely brilliant. Better than the arcade version, even. So, mm-hmm. so, so good. I actually had that on the arcade for a while, and I've sold it. I wish I'd kept it, actually. I love Soul Calibur. It's such a good game. And I'd also like to give a shout-out to everyone who wished me happy birthday on Saturday. There was thousands, 87 today! Thousands of them, Vic. Maybe 100,000 people, maybe. Happy birthday, you old get. Mm? Have you worked for Donald Trump's PA before? It, it, sometimes. Hmm. Fake news. Many shouts to Sockmaster, a.k.a. John Kowalski, for talking to me via Facebook message uh, about his DK Remix Spooky Edition. Best games by year. We are getting up to 1996 now. Uh, I think we're going to do this till, say, year 2000, then knock it on the head. We could do like a... When we get to 2000. Maybe a best of 2000 to present, because there's not that many games after 2000 that are that brilliant. We're getting quite short of them now, aren't we? Compared to the golden we are a area. Bit. Especially us old, us old duffers like the older ones, don't we? Oh, yes. So, 19XX, the war against... Well, let me say it properly. 19XX, the war against destiny. From Capcom. This is a half-decent vertical shoot 'em up Quite like this one. Mm, you missed off, you cheeky scamp. No, Battle I didn't. Gare- Battle Garega. How did you miss that off? Battle Garage. Mm. Because it's crap. Oh, it's one of the it's noted as one of the best shooting games ever. But I like Battle Backgrade more. Yeah, but you said about Thruxton Two or Trumpton Two, or it's called. I totally disagree. Mm. Dancing Eyes from Namco is a really odd Amidar kind of game, but set up on a 3D girl's clothing, and you sort of move around the girl and colour her in. But as far mm. as I know, I don't think it's a pervy game. I think it's just. A girl sort of spinning round, and she's got these squares on, and you've got to fill the squares in. It's a really weird game. Have we not mentioned that before? I might have done. No, it's odd. It's an odd game. 
talking of pervy, dead or alive, the first dead or alive. From you Tech spin me right round, Sean. Right like round, a, like a record, baby. Right round. This is famous for the bouncing boobs, but apparently yeah. some of the fighting mechanics are solid in some of the versions of it. Dead or Alive 2 was a big hit on the Dreamcast and PS2 at the time. I think Dead or Alive 2 is the better version. Don't know. Anyway, this is Densha D Go from Taito, the start of a long-running train simulator Why? series. It's quite, it's quite appeals, very relaxing, where the player assumes the role of an engineer who must make ta- take passengers to the station within a certain time limit. And then I'll put, hang on, this is a February 97 release, not 96. Leave it here or we'll forget. Oh, thank goodness for that. But let's go back to Denture to Go. Why would you want to control a train? There must be a very small demographic of people that think, you know what I want to do for a living? I want to be a train driver, right? That's fair enough. That's probably quite a good little job, actually, especially on the undergrounds and in London. It's well paid. But when you think, I'll tell you what I want to do, I want to play video games, but I want to ride trains around. Mm. Not spaceships and fast cars and motorbikes and stuff like that. I want to. I want to drive a train. I want to put my hand on on one handle and go forwards and backwards. It's like a really slow version of Crazy Taxi. Dull train doesn't have quite the appeal as Crazy Taxi, does it? Dull Let's make some crazy me. money. Let's take the passengers safely to the next stop. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. This- what, what about these simulators that you get, like Truck Simulator and Tractor Simulator? That, they, they seem to be popular. Tractors? Yeah, f- yeah, weird. I think they're done as a bit of a joke, and people have actually got into them a little bit. That's what it is. Mm. Never mind that. A good game in the arcade, D&D Shadow of Mysteria from Capcom. This is really good, great fight-and-go-right, hack-and-slash, but with RPG elements in it. It's good. Mm. GTI Club from Konami, a decent racer. There's a few few GTIs. I think two or three of them came out. Rally car one, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think you think you're in a mini. I think. Oh. From what I recall. Here's a good one. Hot Dog Storm by a company called Marble. Good vertical. Shoot them up with a fantastic name alone. Mm, hot Dog Storm. Yeah. Metal Slug from Nazca. First Metal Slug was out. How did I miss that? I think my MAME, I use I use the filter on MAME for the year it was released. I think it must miss a few out somehow. For some I always I always check arcadehistory.com as well because the ones that are not emulated are in that as well. Ah, I see. Uh, Miss World Nude at 96. We, we, we have to put this in for our Pie Factory friends because they reviewed it once. They love a bit of 96 nude lady women Miss Third World thing, don't they? They do. It's is this is ninety six the game that's like Volfide and you uncover ladies. I think so, I've not looked. <laughs> Some kind of puzzly game you uncover ladies. It's probably be quite a good game if it didn't have that content in it. Rubbish. Mm. Oh we have Neo Drift Out, new technology from Visco. This I, I quite like this because when so I got my I. Lord's Lord's Vale a couple of years ago, there was a six slot in the machine with one of them multi-carts in it. Mm-hmm. And this is the game I played the most, Neo Drift Out. It's a good I'm little very, game, isn't it? I, I nearly finished it, but there's only six levels. Each level is like a minute, so it's one of them really quick games. But yeah. the, I'm sure there was a shortcut or something on the sixth screen that I couldn't find, and I was just like, honestly, half a second off finishing it every Oof. time. Yeah, so it's I a good little game. Know. It's a good game, a driving, and you actually play with a joystick, which appeals to me. 
Mm. It's very similar to those isometric games. There's quite a few of them, isn't there? Yeah, this one's got a nice skiddy kind of feel to it. Yeah, it's a good game. Osman from Mitchell, a curio. Unofficial Strider sequel. It really does look like Strider, but it's beautiful. But I hate Strider. I hate it, that game. It's even harder than Strider, and it, it looks lovely. Just on, It's in a big candy at work, and it looks really nice. It's so nice. No. Police Trainer from PMP Marketing. I remember playing this. Is it a gun game? Yeah, and it's... No. It's themed like you're, you're you're a policeman training to shoot bad guys, so that there's pop up targets and stuff. There's there's no it's no frills, you know. There's no fancy graphics. There's like cardboard enemies that you shoot and everything. And <laughs> Sounds I, really I, dull. I, I, I quite I quite liked it when it came out, but now I can't play gun games because my fingers are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, prop cycle from Namco. This is Wii Fit 10 years ago. We tried to play this at the Time Warp Arcade, and yeah. it's almost impossible. You've got to go like the clappers, because you're, yeah. you're riding like a, a sort of pedal-powered aeroplane type thing, aren't you? With like, yeah. And you've got to float around the course by speeding up and slowing down, but you've got to go really fast to get up some, some rhythm, and it's really hard work. And in the end, we just went, no, where are the biscuits? We just couldn't mm. bother with it. It's hard work to play. It's a bit like Pilot Wings, but with more effort. A lot more effort. Puzzle Bubble 3 from Taito. Not such a great Puzzle Bubble, not, but not as good as the first two. Ooh. Ooh. Raiden 2 by Saibu Kohatsun. My favourite Raiden game. And it is the best Raiden game. Everybody knows it, Sean. No, yes it is. It's not as good as this next one. Rubbish! Raiden, Raiden Fighters. Raiden goes bullet hell and is much improved. It's not. It's bonkers. <laughs> that game is mental. Riding fighters, fighters two and riders, riding jet are my favourites. No, they're awful. The... They're just too, they're too mad. Alex got this in a cab he bought once, and we were playing it in there to test it out, and it's just insane. It's insane. It's madness. It's have madness. you played? Have you played Viper Phase One? Not yet. It's a spin-off from Riding. It's an official spin-off from Riding. It is. It is auto fire. It's not quite bullet hell. Yeah, but it's, I might, it I might is... like it then. Uh, it is good, yeah, I like it. And I was thinking whether to do that or Truxton 2, and I decided on Truxton 2. Raystorm. This is from uh, Taito on GNet hardware. A nice vertical shooter on a horizontal screen. Lewis has just got some GNet hardware, and he's been sending me images of the games he's got on it. I have got the GNet hardware as well. I've got the one that's fixed, so you can actually put different games on it. Yeah, he's got another cab. And he's got GNet hardware. I don't know where he's going to put all these cabs on. Has he got the original compact flash disc? Or has he got one that's been fixed to play copied games? It it does play copied game because he was showing me, I think yeah. it was I think it was Sonic Wings Special or something on it. Yeah, it uses so a it... compact flash in a PCMCIA adapter. Mm. The best game on that is a game called Zoo with three O's on it. It's such a good puzzle game. It's really cute. It's my yeah. favourite one on there. Uh, Salamander 2 from Konami. A cool, late Nemesis-type game. Looks really good. Mm. I like this one. I, I got quite into this at one point. Uh, Soul Edge version 2 from Namco. This was the start of the Soul Calibur series. A great fighter. Uh, Street Fighter 2 Alpha. Uh, another good Alpha game in the series. And also from Capcom, Street Fighter EX. This is another side project for the Street Fighter family. 
I've got this PCB. The graphics are really nice anime style, and I love Skullomania's outfit. It's really good. Very quite different graphical style to the normal Street Fighters. Uh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter EX3, which was only released on the PS2, is a great fun game as well. I've got the original of that somewhere. Mm. Uh, Tekken 2B and Tekken 3 from Namco were released this year as well. Uh, 2B is a favourite with the diehard Tekken fans. I'm not too keen myself. Ooh, Wacko Wacko 7. I missed Wacko, that out. How did I miss Wacko, that out? Wacko Wacko 7, yeah, the, the fighter that you love. Yeah. That's one of my favourite fighting games on the, on the Neo Geo. Such a good game. Marrow isn't I... an animal. He's my friend. I've never played it ever. It's really good. You should play it. It's a lot of fun. Um, X-Men versus Street Fighter from Capcom. Uh, mad as heck, one-on-one fighter. St- Capcom are going crazy with their fighters these, these kind of years, late 90s. The crazy fools. Crazy fools. Arcade quiz time. I think you should get 8 out of 10, I think, 8 out of 10. on this. Okay, yeah. on the new quiz. Are they going to be as easy as what I Am Jimmy says? How many mm, pence is in a ten pence? Ooh, nine. Uh, your name, please, sir. Victor Marland. Your chosen subject? Arcade games. Nice. You have 27 years to answer these ten questions. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Number one. Namco's Ace Driver features what kind of racing vehicle? I've Ace Driver. Heard. Ace Driver. Marmosets. <laughs> F1 cars. Oh. Ace, do you know, have you not heard of it, Ace Driver? No. Oh. Hurry up, my 27 years is running out. Okay. What type of game is Data East's B-Wings? B-Wings. Vertical shooter. Yep. Number three. Scrolling platform game, BC Kid, is known outside of Japan as what? Bonk's Adventure. Yep. Number four. The first U-Beat game was released in what year? Ooh. 94. No. No, it's way later than that, isn't it? 2001. 2008. Oh, really? Yeah. Number five. What type of display is used in Gremlins' 1981 game Eliminator? Oh, Vector. Yep. Number six, the 1988 Namco game Face Off features what type of team sport? Face Off. American football. No, ice hockey. Ooh. Number seven, how many pokey sound chips are used in iRobot? Two. Four. Oh, bugger, I knew that. I've done these two are. What was so unusual about the graphics in the 1983 Bally Midway game Journey? Oh, they had digitised faces from the band. Yeah. In black and white on a colour display, which is weird. Name the 1986 IRM game, subtitled Radical Ninja, called Kid Something. Nicky. Kid Nicky, yeah, yeah. Last one. Kid Nickers. Konami's 1989 game, Missing in Action, is a sequel to which game? Green Beret. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, Mr. Marland, you got one, two, three, four, five, six out of ten, which is oh, okay. That's not bad, is it? It's not bad. I thought you'd get more. Sure up. <laughs> you get. <laughs> Featured game review. 
Right, here we go. This is the We're moving protect- on to our featured game review. Uh, this is it's rubbish. The end. No, let's go on to our let's go on to our side review game of oh what you want to go on? go on then. Here we go. Kids, kids, kids. This is Truxton 2, Tatsujin O from Toa. It's Toa-pa. not pronounced like that. It's pr- pronounced Tatsujin O. From Toa Plan in 1992, the mighty Toa Plan. When they did shoot them ups, they were brilliant. When they did everything else, not so good. You just got that little faraway look in your eye then when you said that. You sort of looked up to the ceiling and went, Oh, yes, I remember Toa Plan in their glory days. Yes, Toa Plan <laughs> shooty, shooty things, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is com- com- compiled. This is compiled by an eight-way stick and two buttons. Auto fire and bomb. It's running on a sixty-eight thousand processor at sixteen megahertz. So pretty nippy for them days. Lots of megahertz. Right. This is dead easy to play, kids. You don't even need me to explain it. It's a classic six-level spaced-themed vertical scroll and shoot 'em up, cranked up a notch, with gorgeous graphics and a great melodic soundtrack. One of those things is a fact. <laughs> you get four power-ups they're nice and simple you get blue green and red blue gives you the homing in kind of lasers green gives you a spread shot uh, uh, pss, pss, pss. the what? blue one is basically the toothpaste laser which raiden 2 nicked but these are straight lines they, they yeah they, they, they sort they... of follow around they're like the toothpaste laser yeah green is a spray shot it sprays out and also yours you always have a forward firing salvo with bullets and the red one is you forward firing bullets and a spread of bombs that eventually spread out spread out in eight directions from your ship she can shoot behind you and stuff changing power-ups knock you knocks you down one level so if you go from green to red say for example you lose a power-up but it's not not terrible five thousand points if you've got full power-ups and another one comes along if you collect the p and you get more it's not a p is it it's a little round symbol. Sean is taking the P. There's quite a few points to be had by getting 5,000, because mm. this is a high-scoring game, really. And there's a speed-up. I only get one speed-up. I think two's all right. I only normally only get one. The thing with this game is, this is before the small hitboxes of Bullet Hell, and this is a big ship on the screen, so you have a massive hitbox. So you can get killed, you know, just if a bullet just scrapes you, you get killed. Mm -hmm. But we have been spoiled with the Bullet Hell, so this is is to be expected, this this kind of collision detection. And was it one of the first games of auto-fire as standard? I think it may have been. There were others, I think. Hmm. Do you know, Centipede... Technically, oh yeah, it has, doesn't it? When you when you're close to something, it fires quite quickly. Yeah, but you mm. can switch it off it, switch it off in the dips if you want. There isn't any pause when you complete a level. Level. Oh, don't I know it. You don't know what you don't know what level you're on. You only know what level you're on when you enter in your high score name. That's that's it's just relentless. Yeah. Man up, man up, or man off. Man off. Yeah. No, man down. Man up. Or, yeah. So man you, me. You've just got to keep going and going. And I've found there's hardly any literature on this. I've found a nice little Japanese flyer. Normal shot, search laser, napalm bomb. We've explained all that lot. You can get a one-up. One-up fighter, which I have never seen. Oh, extra life, yeah. Yeah. Destroy all the enemy's attacks over six stages. Operating hyperfighter using eight direction lever and two buttons. Giant bosses are waiting for you at the end of stage. They are. 
Yes. Right, tips and secrets. You can go over the top of some of the enemies without dying. You've got to know which ones. Oh, really? How do you know yeah. which ones until you collide into them? You don't. That's helpful, isn't it? Well, sometimes you go over and you think, oh, I'm not dead, so remember that for next time. Rubbish. But some of them you do die. I don't know how, why, but there you go. And as with many Toa Plan games, the original Japanese version is harder than the export versions. Oh, how can it be? Us Westerners are rubbish. Truxton 2 is like the original Truxton, where all regional versions are on a single board. Just swap them with us dips. Anything... Ooh, anything labelled some Japanese thing will be harder than anything labelled Truxton 2 on the Europe and Uf- USA version boards. Oh. Graphics and sound. OMFG. Top of the league in 1992. There's now better. Spectacular 2D art, Vic. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know what? No. They, they do. Even the space rocks look good. How can you make space rocks look good? They're just rocks. And... The... No. You start going. You start off like a lot of these fighters. You take off from a, like a space station, and you're flying under these archways. Even these archways are like metallic. They're beautiful. Beautiful. Have you ever walked under a beautiful archway? What are you going on about? <laughs> this game is very samey. The graphics are pretty good. Pretty it, good. It's it's all the same. It's just more and more of the same all the way along. It's not like a lot of vertical shoot 'em ups. You get areas like you get a sea area a land area a space area a knackered village area whatever this is just black background and lots of aliens come at you at mad speeds it's just the same nice graphics all the way through and then you get the big bosses background. you it's go for like very space same-y. stations and but even when you start that black background you've got stars you've got another level of scrolling stars and then you've got a huge like saturn type of planet that you fly over and that's just the very start of the game yeah. the music the music is just music is very good yeah it's great electronic sound tracks reminding me of like john michelle jar and tangerine johnny jam jar johnny jam jar and tangerine dream 70s space style music and you've got to agree with this is it the best credit inserted sound ever you put your money in it goes no it's not the best sound it is. The best sound for when you put a credit in goes to Capcom's Ninja Commando because it goes, Commando, Commando. Commando. That's not as good as, is it? It's a lot better than that. It sounds like someone stopping quickly at the lights. <laughs> Rubbish. The, the sound on this game is really good. I was actually humming the tunes for this game. The, the graphics, even though they're good, very, very samey, and they bored me rigid, looking at the same things over... And over and over and over again. Did you not get to the massive skull monster at the end? Oh, well, no God, really? No. It's beautiful. No, it would take you about a week to get there. The game even, is so long. Even the attract mode is polished to heaven. No. So cool. No, it isn't. Anyway, cabinet yeah. art. Nope, nothing. No cabinet art. No marquee. No bezel. Nothing. That's because they were ashamed of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia. This is what you've put. This is not good. This. It's, you've it's put, true though. You've put crappiest end game message ever. Congratulations. That is slightly off center. The boss takes over three minutes to kill from X. Do you know what? They've just put congratulations because the Japanese are thinking, well, 
these these westerners have completed it but you know we've made it easy for them i'm not giving them anything else just a simple congratulations will do now loop it and do better you useless gets no it's absolutely rubbish you play this game for i think the video i watched was over an hour and i think uh. it takes about 50 minutes to get to the, the end boss and you don't know it's even the end boss because it doesn't tell you what level you're on which is also annoying but the game, the guy who was playing it, I didn't think he lost any lives getting there. And then he finishes the game. It just says, congratulations, in a normal font, not even a big font, exclamation mark, which is slightly off-center, which really annoys me. And then you just go back to the start again. Doesn't doesn't even stop and say, you know, a little bit of the story, you know, so-and-so saved the planet and blah, blah, blah. Nothing, just more shooting. Which I think... There- a lot, I do like games being simple. You know, you shoot this, you shoot that, you collect this, you collect, you jump over that. That's great, easy. But on this kind of game, you sort of want a bit of, you know, what's going on with it? Maybe a little story, or you know, see the people who made the game at the end, or something, something to say. Well done, you've completed this really difficult game. There you go, and and please keep playing, and then start you back at the start again, maybe with a harder difficulty level, or whatever. But it's just really poor. It just goes, oh yeah, congrats, yeah, and just play again. And then they're not, they're not bothered. They're thinking, oh, you did all right. But yeah, you didn't but we do that are. Great, mate. And it was made for players in the arcade, not just excellent Japanese players. Yeah. I'm sure the Japanese do like to win a game and go, look at that. It's complete. Look, there's all the, the people who made the game. There's some nice pictures and some nice music at the end, and then I can play again. But on this game, it's just, it's just as you say, it's relentless. And the levels seem very, very, very long. I don't think I even got to a main boss at the end because it just, you know, you know how some games like like Raiden, you'll see like one little mini boss will come and then maybe another and then another. On this, mm. it's just like another and another and another and another and another and another, and it just keeps going. You're like, oh my god, when is this level going to end? And none of the levels actually end because, as you say, you just keep going. There's no break in it at all. I think you need a little bit of a break in a game. Even if it's just a sort of interstitial screen which says, you know, this level, this is your bonus for the level, bing, off you go again. This one just doesn't do it, and I think it needs that in there. Because it is quite actually... a frenetic game. It's quite mad. But yeah, I... I, I, I do actually agree with that. I think it should have had actual finished levels, you know. Yeah. I wonder if they, I wonder if they ran out of memory. Uh, I don't know. Like, it all depends on hardware, I suppose, what, what mm. sort of... How, how many what kind of chips and EPROMs they could use. But normally in those kind of games, they, they wouldn't sort of miss that bit out. I don't know. That's what that's what they've done. They had, like... Are you making excuses up for Tower Plan? 28 Again. bytes of memory left, and they didn't even have enough bytes to place the congratulations in the centre of the screen. They ran out. That's how good they are. They are squeezing every single piece of brilliance out of their hardware. What they could have done is made the levels half the size and mm. then put some nice bits in. To finish it off. So at the moment, unfinished. (laughs) It's a completely beautifully polished game. I really don't think it is. When I played it, I first played it and went, oh my god, this is dull. And I thought, no, no, I've got to put a bit more effort in. Like you say, give it an hour or whatever. And I played it a bit more. And as I got a little bit better at it, which I did get better at, I thought, oh, this isn't too bad. And I was thinking, when does this level end? Mm. And, it, and I tell you one thing I don't like, because you know when you go in the asteroid field in the first level, yeah, and you're shooting just the, the rocks and you're knocking them out of the way, and you get these cheeky little gets hiding in the asteroids. 
And it does get on this thing. It's almost like the bullet hell games where your weapons are red, green, and blue, as you say. So if you get the green one, it's green sort of lasers coming out. And blue, it's got the blue flying around, and red is going everywhere. And there, the bad guy's bullets are yellow. And they're, they're mm. quite a decent size. But when you start getting quite high up in your in your weapons and you're maxing it out, there's a lot going on in the screen and there's a lot of things moving around. It doesn't slow down at all, which is nice. But there's so much going on in the screen. Sometimes you and also one of the lasers that the, the bad guys that the three come together, they fire these little skinny purple lasers. You could hardly see them amongst all the action going on in the screen. And you do get tend to get killed by all this stuff going on. Like Chris no, Plus Plus was saying, it's just like a, a wallpaper game with loads of tiny dots being flown at you. And that's what it feels like. Cause you tend to mi- I got killed so many times by not realising something hit me because all my fire was flying around. I found that sometimes it's to stop, let go of the fire button just to clear the screen to see what's going on and then go back onto it. I didn't find that at all. Yeah, but you're used to playing the bullet house. So you're used to mm. keeping an eye on your ship and making sure nothing's going near it. I'm trying to see what I'm shooting amongst all this hail of colours going everywhere. And I think it's just too much. It's too busy. Mm, no. I am correct. <laughs> anyway, the ports, sequels and legacy, there's only one I can find, which is an FM Towns version, the Japanese PC. Do you know why? It wasn't deemed good enough to put on the home computers. It was too good for home computers. That's what it is. Or PC Engine got all the decent ones. It's too good for PC Engine. Oh, yeah, right. I bet you couldn't argue this with Superstar Soldier. It's a way better good. game. Yes, it is. It is a good game. And this but kind of reminds me of that, but Superstar Soldier much better. It is decent, actually. I'll have to think about that one. Anyway, kids, let's do the scores from and there are many. To top. There yeah. are many. Let's try right at the bottom with Al- Alan Delta Lima, 38,600. My brain is wired for side-scrolling shooters like R-Type. Not feeling this yet. Mm, Phil Horse 49,460 Phil Horse didn't like it either uh, Flash 60,710 Love the graphics, love the music Just a shame I'm utter rubbish at it More time needed to get good but life gets in the way Mr Benny Banassi Are you going to do a noise? If you look at that video you'll love it Nope Go on Victor, entertain him it's scantily clad ladies with, with, uh, what are they called? What are them things you drill holes in the road with? Drills. Drills. Christ on a bicycle. Uh, where, where am I? Oh yeah, he's put. I suckston at truckston. Amazing game though. Uh, Rob Carpenter, seventy-two thousand thirty. Trumpton, great game. Taxing for us non-elites, I was relieved to actually make the scoreboard dying, only to be left with a rubber band stroke paperclip for a weapon. Very harumph frustrating. Trumpton, for people that don't oh, know... Oh, yeah, we better a, explain Trumpton. It was a 70s animated children's programme with a stop-frame animation, wasn't it? Yeah, and if people don't know what it is, listen to this sample. <laughs> Pew, pew, Barney McGrew, Cuthbert, Dibble, Grub. So Aaron Clark got 100,000, 100. Good but tough. The music on level one made me think Richard and Judy are about to start hosting this morning again. <laughs> I didn't get <laughs> I know that. What he means. 
Mark Bell, 110-810. Uh, I think he's just back from the Kong off in Australia. A great shooter with a typical tower plan. Beautiful pixel art. The checkpoint system on death is a little frustrating, though. I'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Paul Higgins, 112,570. Rock hard after losing the first player. I'll agree with that. Stacey King, 114,040. I really like this game, but I only played it three times due to spending last week having a visit from a ghost of dinner past banging on my back door, desperate to escape. What? A ghost of dinner past. It means he's had the the runs or something. I don't know. I don't know. So me, 116,630. I did have a go at this. One thing I do sort of disagree with, though, is when you get killed and you back to your pea shooter weapons, they do give you a weapon power pretty quick into the start of the level again, usually. Yeah, and I find if you speed. Gra- if I grab the blue one, it tends to help you get back up to where you were. So I, I don't find it too difficult to get back where I were with, with my, my power-ups. So I don't really Did agree you- with that. You do later on. You oh, do. yeah. I suppose when it gets harder, it must be getting more difficult. But not the... the the rate I was playing it at, I didn't really have a problem getting back to sort of healthy firepower again. Firepower. Mm. Steve Riddle, 117,760. Game is nothing like the kids' TV show I used to watch. Where is Pew Pew, Barney McGrew, Cuthbert Dibble and Grub? Here's Jimmy, who's got a big hole in his wallet now with spending too much money on our podcast. 119,870. Great shooter. Shame I'm not a great shot. Oh, button mashing fun, 125-150. Vic might not like this comment, but superb pick, Mr. Holly. Never no. played this one previous to the podcast. Yeah, you're wrong, Mr. Button Mashing. Uh, Mr. Stick, 126,560. Had a theory that attending a work telco while playing should be an effective distraction tactic to tease out better scores. Turns out a boring meeting doesn't work. Oh, Mr. 20 to 5, near 127,500, no time to play again. Quick couple of goes tonight, and that's it. First boss killed, not a bad game, not a great game. Mm. Ross, 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 who's a fan? 127,850, love the music, love the twitchy blue lays, a fantastic game all round. I use the orange one more than anything. The laser's not powerful enough. Even though it homes in, it's just it doesn't dispatch stuff quick enough. So I liked the maxed out orange one best out of all. That's them. what the expert player on the YouTube video I've posted up was using. I used the blue one as well because I thought you didn't have to aim so much with the blue one. Mm. Mick Orwell, 138.50. Good game let down by the usual vertical shooter problem of when you lose your first man and all power-ups, it's game over. There is a bit of that. Yeah, I don't quite agree, but I wasn't probably that well enough into it to do that. Michael Vortman, 137,270. Did not know this until now. Great game, but as much as I like the game, hate losing all your power-ups when you die. Stupid balancing. Mm. Mr. Buller, good to meet you the other day, mate. 144,060. Love you, Tatsujin O, but you continually make me look a fool. Could be the perfect shmup with shorter levels and some power-ups on death. Yeah. Or Tatsujin. (sighs) (laughs) Paul McCaskey, 149,770. Love this game, but haven't played it in years. Had a quick credit to check it works and forgot about the stupidly long levels. It's hard too. Oh, Chris Plus Plus, 155,890. We read out his comments previously in the feedback. But he's dead right, though. Wallpaper game with lots of dots. Have you ever done any wallpapering as fun as this? Yeah, it's all about the same, actually. (laughs) Right. Uh, 
Brian Haribo, 156,360. Can't decide what the best weapon is for this year. I think the red one. Mm. Ben Granville, 171380. This is a great looking game and doesn't seem to rely on gimmicks like other shooters. Low scoring and difficult though. And dull. Anna Horse, 173,720. Deadlock, 176,710. And there's a link there to his Teddy Boy Blues video. Ooh, I'll put that in. Ed Horse, 181,640. And he says, enjoyable shooter would like individual levels. Auto fire was great. I think that is a good a good point, isn't it? We're all putting through. Levels should be split up. Mm-hmm. Steve Tyke, 182,710. Still trying for 30 minutes more, but I don't think I'll improve. Bill Wellham. 185,140. Enjoying Truxton 2 right now. I always avoided the Truxtons, thinking they're impossible bullet hells, but it's just an all-round fantastic game. Good choice, Mr. Holly. This game is great value for 10 pence. Hmm. Matthew Bridge, 204,440. Great game. Can do better. Uh, Sal Buglerissi, 204,630. I'm not really big on shooters, but man, did I ever love this game. So much fun and quite tough, but it kept me coming back for more. Mm. Tactical Giles, good to see you too. Tactical Mr. Giles, the tactical. Two hundred and six four ten. I like this, but it, I would like it more if it let you keep even one power up when you die. I agree. Like so many of these games, you might as well have one life. With auto fire, you do have a bit of a chance of getting back into it. It's not as bad so. as Gradius, yeah. but it, it is. It is tough. Now, do you pronounce this Sean? No, Kean. Kean, sorry, Kean. Kean Horse. 210,590. Good score. Chris Mooncrest of Bootleg, 252.70. The levels seem a bit slow to get through. Bit of a slog fest and then instant death at the hard parts. Yeah. Oh, our soul. 281,610. Off out for a walk in the cold now to lower me blood pressure. <laughs> Garen RGDS 298-170 Tatsu Jino well balanced between the three different bullets no. weapon sorry smart bomb looks more effective than it is no. some deaths are difficult to recover from yes. one of the last great shooting ups before bullet hells arrive no. I agree I agree with whatever Sean is going to say about this no! we've, got, we've got very similar tastes in shooters me and Garen <sighs> but Garen also has better taste in other games Mr. Tronad's always liked this. 306,010. Improve my score. There is no way I can get any further. Lovely game, though. Also wrong. Mark, happy dude. 310,100. My day off work contained a game of golf and then multiple games of this little beauty. I thought I might not get to level three. I thought I might get to level three, but alas, it was not to be. Gloff, please. Matt Neo MK, 312,610. And he says, quality polish game. It's up there with Ryden on difficulty. No. Needs to put the hours in, but patience is rewarded, though it's flipping hard to recover if you snuff it. Unlike the first trucks, then we'll return to this one. Right, in third place is me, with 346,110, but I had a nap yesterday and put this score in after the cutoff. Never mind. So, so I didn't, I didn't play it until just a few days ago because of being busy with other stuff. So actually, I reckon my score was about two hundred, but I did get yesterday. I got three hundred forty-six one ten, but it was way after the five o'clock cutoff. Oh, you so, monkey! So in the in the pursuits of honesty and a ribbon from Tronads, I'm gonna have to say my score was two hundred thousand. Quick, call the troll police.
Retro Rick from RGDS. A 363,730. That's a massive score. I'm feeling a little bit of the 10 pence effect with this one. I think the length of the level starts to grind you down a little bit, especially when you start to die in areas you were doing easily before. Love it overall, though. Tower Plant are masters of dull shooters. <laughs> you, can't, you can say a lot of stuff about it. You cannot call it dull. Oh, it's really it's boring as heck. I got into it a little bit, but the levels are just so long. They get boring. I like to do levels of a certain background and a certain theme and you know different kind of aliens coming at you. Do the level, get the boss out of the way, which is also themed for me, and then go on to a different kind of looking level and then do different kind of aliens or maybe you know some that are similar from the game. But when it's just all just coming at you all the time, all the relentless, 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 it's just... Ugh. I want to play something a bit lesser paced, you know. You couldn't, you couldn't knack it, Vic. Really, that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, I did have a go. Good hard go at it, though. In first place, as ever, oh, is really? Mr. Charlie Farr with almost double anyone else, 678-170. Amazing shooter. This might be a personal best for me. Need to figure out a boss four strategy. Didn't even see any of the bosses. I know, I know the boss at the end. When I watched the video, I watched the boss at the end with the one with the big long neck thing. Mm. Before, before it goes, congratulations, meh. Carry on. And <laughs> the big skull thing. Right, these are my summary improvements. Right, I have put... Vic, you're going to agree with all of this, I am completely sure. Yeah. Put, I do love it. It's a polished game. It's, it, which, exude, which exudes quality. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant fun to play, but I would split up the game, like many people have said, into proper levels with an ending. Have some kind of dynamic scoring system where you can score more by shooting all enemies in a formation, for example. This would make the earlier levels less less of a drag when you repeat them. You know, I often think this in shooters. If you shoot all of a formation, you should get like a few points and then a few extra points. Some some shooters do do it, yeah. and if you could like chain your points together. Yeah, anyway, that gets a bit more that, complicated then, doesn't it? That came later on. That would that would make it more interesting than just shooting the same, going through that easy bit at the start to get to the bit you're trying to complete. I would do away with the checkpoints that put you back a fair way with minimal firepower. So really, you have to get you have to approach the bit you died on with less bullets than you did have before when you died. Mm. In other words, continue from where you died. Tower plan do this. They put you back like a few screens, even when you, when you're on a what is can be an end of level baddie. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of the people were saying, and I agree with them. In a way, when when you you've just been killed, you got to a certain part of the game, and there might be a load of stuff coming at you, and you've gone in the wrong place and you've got killed. You've then got to do that bit again, but with increased difficulty because you haven't got as much firepower. So. Unless you really are lucky or very skillful, you're just going to die and die and die. Game over. So you know, that's what a lot of people have got. What's the point? It puts you off. And that's going to put you off ever playing that game again. You're going to put your money into it. Back in the day, you'd be putting your own hard-earned cash in it or your own hard-earned pocket money. And if you just keep getting killed and just bat it down and bat it down and bat it down, you're just going to be put off by it. So it would have benefited them to put you back where you were, and as a lot of people have said, with maybe one power up, or, or maybe you lose one or two power ups, mm. and then get yourself, and then or or the first sort of few aliens you kill will will yield a, a power up for you, so you can get back up to where you were and get back into the game again. But I think with Truxton two, is it was this? Were we play on the easiest difficulty level or medium? 
normal we're on, which was default. So maybe the, the easiest level may be a bit easier in that respect. I don't know how the, the difficulty settings work on games. It doesn't really tell you, even in the manuals, how what the mm. difficulty settings, what differences they are from easy, moderate to difficult. So I'm presuming difficult, you don't get as many power-ups, maybe. Or maybe you know. get you get more bullets per alien. Instead of shooting three out, they'll shoot five out or something. I don't know how that works. Yeah. There is an advantage if you do die, because you get your three bombs back. So if, if you're approaching an end-of-level boss with no bombs and you die, you go back to him, you've got three bombs. Oh, okay. So there is that, which does help. And I've put the speed-ups hang around too long if you don't want them, bouncing around the screen and you have to dodge them. Yeah, because if you get the wrong one, it puts you down one. You've got to wait around for them to be the same colour as what you've got. Then you get your 5,000 points extra for them. But if you're trying to do that whilst loads of stuff's attacking you, it's just something else more difficult you've got to try and look out for. So, yeah, that is a pain mm. in the backside, isn't it? Yeah, and I've also put, like, like we just discussed, don't take off all the parrots when you die, just take off a couple. And in summary... An awesome shooter from 1992 would benefit from a few modern touches and tweaks, I think. But it is oh, the top of the game to a plan at this point. And then after this, they did Batsuga, and they were just on fire. On fire, Mick. Right, I've got... I'm trying to, I'll try and approach this as professionally as I can. I've got a real <laughs> problem with people... How do you put this? Pleasuring themselves over this game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad game at all. I think it's got a lot of problems with being just a bit dull, really. But, you know, it does look pretty good. But then again, the graphics are very similar throughout. Uh, the difficulty level, I think, is just a bit too difficult, especially if you're you know new to this game or whatever. And it, it does seem to be, as you say, for the Japanese players, who are, who are absolutely amazing at these kind of games. And obviously, some Western players are too as well. But, I mean, it's not very accessible to... A casual player, maybe who may be in the arcade. I never saw this in the arcade as a kid. You know, in, no, I... The arcades in the nineties are sort of you know going downhill a bit, and people do go on and on and on and on about this game, how brilliant it is. I'm thinking, really, you know what what's so great about it? I'm not I'm not quite into that. And then it obviously went into the bullet hells, which are very pretty, but they're more visually stunning than to play in my book. So I'm not mm. sure. I just got bored of it. I got really bored of the long, long levels. I think this is like the. I think this is better designed and more playable than the early Rydens. I think the the early well, that Rydens is where are you're un- very wrong. With it, they're unfair with the point blank firing and and I think them graphics are quite similar, quite samey with the the, the constant airplanes and stuff. You've got but... you've got sort of a point with the point blank firing, but with stuff like Ryden, because you've got less going on on the screen at the time. And the game seems... Because it's not got a black background, a lot of it. When something's very close to you, especially like a tank, you can see the turret coming round and it won't fire it until it's actually looking at you. So you have got mm. a chance with the turrets and you know where to... You've got to keep an eye out for when something's pointing at you. If it's pointing at you, it'll shoot at you. And other times, you know not to go too near certain enemies. So you stay away from them so they don't point blank hit you. I found that from playing mm. it. So it has got it has got its difficulty. I mean, Raiden one and two are difficult games to play, but I think as well is the screens don't get so busy with weapons and fire and, and lasers and stuff. So I find them easier to play because I can see them easier. And mm. maybe that's the problem I have with Truxton because it's the dark background. 
and you've got lots going on on the screen. But fair play to the hardware. It doesn't seem to stutter or slow down at all, as far as I know. Mm, so that's 16, that 16 megahertz, 68,000 processor is, you know, pretty good for the, the poor programming they did on it. <laughs> we're not going to agree on this, are we? I, I just, I, I don't think it's as great as everyone makes out. It's all right for that kind of game, but I, I much prefer the games where you've got different backgrounds. It, maybe they're space themed or, you know, over land and sea and, you know, earth based like- ones and, you know. There's lots of different varieties of backgrounds. They are all space-based, but there is lots of variety. Yeah, but the colours don't really change. It's all black backgrounds. Yeah. Well, no, maybe maybe I didn't get far enough in it, but I'm not ever going to get far enough in it because I haven't got that much time on my hands to go and play it for 97 hours at a time. Mm. But you look at space games like Volgus. That's very colourful, and you can always see what's going on on that. I know it's an older game. That's the that's yeah, point, really. I don't get where you can't see the bullets. I didn't have that problem at all. When you've got lots of the blue lasers going around, it takes up a lot of the screen. And the and the blue lasers are flying around, you know, on their own accord, getting stuff for you, because it's all automatic aiming for that. And I tend to, to miss the little yellow bullets coming at me, because there's so much going on on the screen. But that's just no. me not being a very good shoot up player, I suppose. I don't really concentrate on what I need to concentrate, not to not get bullets hitting me all over the place. Mm. Yeah. Never mind anyway, that. Go on, let's get on to your little side remix side challenge. Side remix challenge. This is do, do, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kang, Spooky Remix Side Challenge. We did this basically because it's it's sort of come out for Halloween. And it was sort of Halloween not too long after the last recorded. Mm. And this is a version of Donkey Kong Remix uh, from a guy called Sockmaster, also known as John Kowalski. And he makes this Z80 add-on daughterboard kits for Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. PCBs. He does a Donkey Kong Jr. PCB uh, remix as well. These add extra levels and graphics to the original games. They come as small daughterboards which you fit onto the Z80 socket of an original board and then insert the Z80 you took out back into the daughterboard. The extra levels are just as challenging as the original ones, so difficult. The normal four levels are also present, plus some bonus levels in between, where you can smash and jump enemies within a small time limit for bonus points. So just before Halloween, Sockmaster, about a month before, released DK Spooky Remix. He released it as a ROM only, but there's no hardware yet, although he is working on it, so you can play this in main. Mm. Um, it is based on the DK Remix, which I have, but it has a bunch of changes. The first striking change is the graphics. Pauline is now Cute Witch. Uh, Kong chucks down pumpkins, and the enemies are spooks, spiders, and bats. The levels have been recoloured and have spiderwebs adorning ladders, etc., because the game breaks pretty tough, even for seasoned DK players, the standard lives are set to five. Same as the Harder Than Carbide Nails D2K, which came out a few years ago, which is insanely hard to play. So DKSR is way better in this respect. It has certain tweaks within the game to encourage decent players to get quite far, unlike the sometimes unfair randomness of the original game by Nintendo. Now, the extra levels are, the first level you encounter is a remix girder level that has two gaps in the centre, which they call this the funnel level, because all the, the barrels and that roll down the middle. Yeah. And they need to be jumped over these bits in the centre. You, you, you've got to get around them. And the pumpkins, or the barrels, roll off the gaps and can roll either way after landing. You sort of work out where they fall. They can also bounce off a spring right by the fire barrel at the bottom left-hand side and bounce right up to the top and re-roll down the levels. When a pumpkin has been in the fire barrel, which is now a cauldron, they turn into bats. As you know, bats in games suck. 
I'm what I'm watching it now. I've got a YouTube video on of a guy streaming it. Yeah. This level you're talking about. Yep. Good in it. It's all right. Oh. You can of course <laughs> use the handy axes, not not mallets, they're axes now, uh, to battle the baddies. The same as the old hammers. Another new feature is the girders change colour when you have the axe and flash back to normal when the axe time is running out. This is a simple but very neat feature. It sort of gives you much more of, a, of an indication you're about to lose the hammer. Uh, as per normal DK, or the US ROM set, the second level is a rivet level. This time it's been recoloured and, and uses screws instead of rivets. Uh, spooks instead of firefoxes, and the prizes are a snack. Watch out for snakes! A jar of eyeballs and a googly-eyed frog. I'm when watching make, it now. When you watch, when you make Kong plummet off his perch into inevitable headache, the witchy Pauline casts a hex spell on you and turns you into a frog. As you complete more levels, when Kong goes down, she turns you into different characters. So the first bonus levels after this, um, it's a two-rivet level asking you to jump and smash enemies in a small time allowance. You can also grab the prizes on the level for extra points. If you manage to knock out the screws, you can collapse the girders and squash the spooks below, adding to your bonus pointage. Don't fall with the girders, though, as you'll lose any bonus points and be pushed onto the next level. When the time naturally runs out, you're given an extra bonus calculated by how many spooks you have exorcised. As with a regular DK Remix game, on some levels you can now jump with a hammer, enabling mm. you to get more baddies and get baddies above you, which is a really cool feature. Now, the next level looks similar, like a regular girder level, but it's reversed. This messes your head up. Some of the other bits have been rejigged too. For instance, there's an overly long ladder halfway up on the right. You need to allow time to get up to this. It's pretty easy once you wrap your heat around doing the opposite way to normal and allowing for some timing differences. On a lot of these remix levels, Sockmaster has set the randomness lower so you can use this to your advantage. When you've played it a bit, you'll notice things happen a lot more rather than the unfair randomness of the original DK game. So next is a girder level Mark II. I initially had a proper head-scratching moment trying to work this one out. You have to do the level in a particular order to get the ladders you can't normally get to. I won't spoil the level with telling you how to do it, though. Basically, you need to knock out the screws that hold the floors together to knock Kong off his top again. But beware, though, spooks and foot up and down girders, just as you can jump up them. Next up is a half-height girder level, so uh, bonus level. Same idea as before, jump or smash barrels, pumpkins, for them lovely bonus points before the time runs out. Grab the froggy snacks and eyeballs for more bonus prize too. After a normal girder level from the normal game, you get to the all-new pie factory, Spooky Pies. Same as normal, run up to the get to the top as quickly as you can, avoiding conveyor belt pumpkins and stupid bats. The only difference to a normal pie factory level is you have to climb the last ladder up to Pauline, but Kong is patrolling the top conveyor belt. You basically get to the top, and not just getting to the top would do the level normally. You have to get to the ladder near Pauline, but Kong is going backwards and forwards, so you've got to time it right. So, time it right so you would moonwalk to the ladder while Kong is moving away from you. If he touches you, you lose one of your lives. Also, be careful not to get caught running on the conveyor belt and run right into him. He does not like this and will take a life. Now, if you've got this far into the game, you have noticed that the stack of Kongs, as you climb the levels, are doing the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. I like this graphical chart, it's pretty cool. The next spring level has been rejigged as well, making you do the level in a slightly different way. The springs bouncing and falling down the right-hand side of the screen move positions depending on the bounce at the top, and it really messes you up if you're a reasonable DK player, which I'm okay at, I suppose. I say I'm an okay player, but when you're used to doing a level in a certain way, and they just change it slightly, 
it's quite a challenge because your your head is so mm. used to doing things in a certain way. Now the next level is another new one. This is another rivet level, this time with a lever, which changes the direction of the two elevators inside of the screen. And these levers were always always featured in the Game & Watch games. Mr. Game & Watch was always moving levers around. It kind of reminds me of that. As with the previous new rivet levels, you can collapse the levels on top of the ghost to remove them for a bit. You can then jump on the levels to get to other parts of the level, i.e. the all-new lever. This lever is a bit easier to work out than the other revamped rivet screens. Another bonus level again, this time with hate bats. It's basically a small segment of a pie factory level with conveyor belts and evil pumpkins. Squash the bejesus out of both of them for bonus points in the time allowance. After you've done a few new and old levels in between now, you do a rivet level where Pauline turns you into a shell creeper from Mario Brothers. You then have bonus levels of smashing these crabby devils. These crabbies are now a permanent enemy and take over from the spooks, so it's actually changed the graphics again. A few more original and new levels again, and you get to another bonus level, but this time your character has put green overalls on. Hello, Luigi! You then play as Luigi. Same again before she turns you into a Goomba, and then you have Goombas as bad guys in a lot of the levels, and they move really rapidly. So here is that's basically all the levels you can do. I think there's four new ones and the original four, plus the different bonus levels. So here is a bunch of the Easter eggs that Sockmaster has included uh, in, into the game, and some of the DK forumites on the Donkey Kong forum have found so far. So you've got number one, Luigi is a playable character. Number two, Warp Pipe skips the stage, which I'm not found. Uh, three, Ladder Dismount Auto Unstick. So I think that's to do with how you get on and off the ladders is slightly different. Uh, number four, Shell Creeper in-game characters. Number five, Goomba in-game characters. Six, Rejump Assist Frame Perfect rejumps when jump button is pressed before landing. So I presume if you press the button before you land, you do another jump immediately without any frame skips. It's really no, I think that's a technical thing. I'm not too sure about that one. Uh, number seven, prize scoring increased point values and more prizes are collected each level. The points are totally different. Uh, eight, anti-leech bat ghosts can climb down ladders when leeched. So I presume if you're getting points off of off of bad guys, they can now come la- down the ladders at you when you they couldn't do before. Mm. Uh, number nine, shy guy in-game character. That's from the Mario Brothers games, Super Mario Brothers games. Uh, two, thwomps in-game characters. 11, Giuseppe Sis Crusher, playable character. Not sure about that one. Number 12, Broken Ladders can now be climbed down. Uh, 13, Jump Bonus is now 100, 300, 600, 800, and 1,000. So I presume if you jump over like four barrels at a time, you get a lot more points for them. Uh, 14, Bat Stroke Ghost Jumping won't reverse or use ladders when jumped. So if you jump over one of these bad guys, they don't go back underneath you. They will allow you to jump them and then they won't use the ladders after you've jumped over them, which is another technical thing in the game. I presume decent players can use that to their advantage. Uh, Number 15, additional prizes, some barrel stage prize pickups, and then 16 to 20 is still not known yet. People haven't worked out what the last four Easter eggs are yet, and Sockmaster won't tell me what they are either. The the graphics graphics that he's changed look quite detailed. They're really nice, yeah. They're really well drawn. But it would run on the original hardware, would it? So he's not done any clever... No, apparently it does. There is talk of him releasing this on a daughter card, same as uh, DK Remix and DK Junior Remix, which I'll speak about in a minute, actually. But we we have got some scores, um, because a few people put their scores, they're not many. 
my score is 87,000, but I did get a bit better than that afterwards, and I didn't really put a time limit, so I will include my, my highest score, so I'm quite proud of it. So I am the star man, got 46,800. Brian Haribo is 55,400. Uh, my first score is 87,000, but then I beat that. Uh, Boom Go Pinball got 96,400. And then me, again, I got 101,600. So I did get to the 100K club with Delusionals right. Arcade, 111,500. And the great Charlie Farr, 141,900. And he says, great fun. Lost most of my lives on the rivet board. Didn't know you could use the fallen girders to stand on. That's a hint out to that level, by the way. Mm. So overall, this game is very polished, a well-adjusted game with lots of play mechanics cleverly adjusted to make the game more enjoyable. Even more enjoyable over the original DK in my books, uh, as a lot of the unfair randomness has been removed. But not just to make the game easier, but make it to fairer and expert players can actually use these alterations to perfect a better game. I think this is a 10 out of 10 game, I really do. And everyone should get it and add it to their main setup. If it's released as a hardware kit, I'm definitely going to get it. Even though I already have got the original DK Remix. Hopefully, an upgrade can be made for the Remix owners so they can play both. Hmm? Sockmaster, if you're listening, please. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. wish he does. Maybe I don't know if you could do that because I'm not sure what kind of chip... It's on the, the daughter card. I'm not sure if it's soldered on or if it's a removable EEPROM. I can't remember. But a code upgrade would be absolutely amazing. But I will give this man money if I can get Donkey Kong Remix spooky on my machine. I will give him money for it. Nice. So if you like this Remix game, uh, I also found out that Sockmaster made a Christmas Remix for Xmas 2017. So I was sort of joking with him saying, oh, we're all waiting for your Christmas Remix now, come up to Christmas. And he said, oh, I did. did one last year. 2017 but i completely missed it uh, both roms are available on our web page i've hosted them on there with kind permission from john um and I'll, i've even popped up a little tutorial how to get the games running in main you've basically got to rename the roms to something similar it's easy enough mm. to do but you can only play one at a time because they've got to be both renamed to the same name so you can only play one in your main setup at a time but the christmas one is just I think it's just rejigged graphics to have like and they're not as well done as Spooky. Spooky looks way, way better than the Christmas one. Really good. Alright. Yeah. So I hope everyone likes this and like playing it. Um, and I will be playing it more. I really enjoy it. I enjoy the levels a lot. It'd be nice to find some of our really good players, like like Tags Difference and also Charlie Farr, to see how much further they can get in it, because people have kill screened it already. Oh wow! And it actually, yeah. when you get to level twenty-two, it doesn't just reset; it actually says "game over." You know, it's sort of end, it's a proper ending to the game. I think you can get say congratulations then, like to no, it doesn't even do that <laughs> because your reward is the game. <laughs> yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It's such a cool game. But if you're if you're a very casual player and find Donkey Kong difficult, which a lot of people do. You might not enjoy this because it's got game, it's got levels in there. But you've got to work out, and with the original Donkey Kong, it takes quite a lot of play and watching other people play it to to understand the game mechanics and, and play it well. And then you need to sort of throw all that out a little bit and learn it again for remixes. But I really enjoy it. I, I like his games a lot. I think they're really cool. And hopefully, he's going to do a DK three remix. People have, have asked for it. I mean, Alex did that time. I remember he said, Oh, I'd love to see a DK three remix with different levels for it. Mm. Uh, but I'm not, I've no idea what he's doing next, but his games are absolutely, I love them. I think they're brilliant. I'm really, really pleased with them. 
But you, actually, no, I don't really play them. But I, I think the best thing about them is the marquees. The, the marquees are really well done. This Halloween one's really well done. Have you seen it? Yeah, people have actually um, actually made their own cabinets for, for Remix. Yeah. I don't think anyone's done a spooky one yet, but they've done a, a marquee for it. I think they're absolutely brilliant. It's just, it's just breathing life into old games. I, I hope people do this with other games as well. You know, add levels to them, you know, maybe make things better, fairer, maybe give them a graphical update. I think it's lovely. I think it's a really, really cool thing to do. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Moon Patrol plus plus. That is that would be brilliant. I I'd love to see mm. a Moon Patrol for you, yeah. There is a sequel, but it's not good. It's called Horizon. It's not brilliant. It's not as good, is it? But no, no. I also asked John as well. I said and I said quite seriously, have Nintendo approached you yet to put this on the Switch? Because you know, you know, um, Nintendo released like um, like Scott Xbox Scott. Arcade, but it was their version of it, mm. uh, and they put Donkey Kong, the original version, on there to play. I'd love to see one of the remixes on there, or all his games on there. They'd be absolutely brilliant. I mean, because there's a big, a big sort of online competition going on with it, because you you can update, you can um, put in your scores and have your on a worldwide leaderboard. And I think people playing the remix games would love that as well. I think it'd be really, really good to have. Mm. So yeah. hopefully Nintendo will pick it up. I was serious about it. It's, it's as good a quality a game as the original game. So I think it should have a bigger platform and more people should be able to play it. I'd love to see it on Switch. It'd be amazing. Yeah, I do like it when people do this. They, they remix the original games. Well, it's, like, the, it's like those people who did um, Sonic Mania. Mm. They did it as a fan-based thing and then Sega picked it up and it's a, it became a, a proper release. You can even get a disc, you know, a physical release for it. I'd love to see a physical release of this. I would buy it. I would buy it. Mm. Yeah, nice PCB. Mm, be awesome. Next show's game. We've had a bit of a crappy game, so next week is my oh, week. I'm going to give you a slap. Ow! But you've agreed with me. I let you into this a little while ago. This is a good game. It does have 10 minutes, and it, it you does like look... it. Like I like it. it. I like it. So next show's game, and it is a bit of a obscure one. It is called Baloo Balook no Denzetsu, or The Legend of Baloo Balook. It's 1986 from a company called Able Corp. The ROM is just Baluba, B-A-L-U-B-A. Lives, three. Difficulty, zero. Extra lives on 30, 100, and 200,000 points. Uh, submit your scores on Twitter with hashtag 10pscore, hashtag 10psscore, or on Facebook as a comment, or on a podcast post, whatever you like. Hit us up. Uh, pictures, please, if you like. And as I said a few weeks ago, if you like Star Force and Bomb Jack, you're going to like this game. Mm. There's elements from those games in it. And I really enjoy this. And I've got lots to talk about. I, I found this completely by accident, and I'm really enjoying it. I hope everyone else does too. It's like me finding Spatter. That, that's my find of the year, that Spatter. Yeah, Spatter was a good little game, wasn't it? Yeah, I enjoyed that yeah, one. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, yeah. Hmm. So that's about it. Have you got anything to add, Sean, before we sign off? No, just keep on playing, kids, and thank you for all the feedback. We're having loads of really nice feedback. But it makes it worthwhile, Vic, doesn't it? It does, it, really. Yeah, thank you for the feedback, everyone. We really enjoy it. And, yeah, keep it coming. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, kids. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an air horn or your dog? That's my air horn effect. I'll put a proper air, air horn effect in, by the way. No, I'll leave it.
You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 